when attachment types say that they're not sure that they're not clear it's like well i can see your fucking location what the fuck are you right. talking about exactly, no. exactly. <laughs> it seems like attachment can be like a premature guess and rejection like a premature no in a certain way mm-hmm. frustration as like yes but it's all wrong or something <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah a yes with a bunch of mini no's that i've said a yes but it, i'm pissed at it Ooh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's kind yeah. of hilarious yeah. <laughs> the big hormone enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovich, uh, sexual self president with Five Wing 458 Trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self president sexual 9 with 1974 Trifix. What up, it's Emika. I'm an A-Wing 7, sexual self-pres with 854 fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I am a self-pres social 3-Wing 4 with a 369 trifix. If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. Because you are social blind, and I guess... I accepted when you said, oh, I don't really, you know, feel into my own attachment. Uh, And so it kind of brings up, you know, the question of what is attachment when you take out social, like, I've known you for a long time, um, you know, because I haven't seen it in you. Yeah, so, and that's a really interesting conversation. I mean, on one level, you could say, you could see better what attachment is with somebody who's a Bermuda with social. And on another level, you could say you could see more what attachment is in my case, where there's Mm -hmm. two fixes that are not attachment fixes and I'm social blind, you know what I mean? To get like, which one gives you the essence and maybe it's both in some way. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's not just the fact that you're social blind and you have hexat fixes, but you've kind of had a life experience that has set you up to push away from, um, uh, like repressing attachment of any kind. And we yeah. talked about this yesterday, like, you know, me and John are triple hexad boys and, but we have sort of a life experience and family sort of foundation where we've, yep. we've, even though we're not, we don't have any attachment types that we've kind of just created family wherever we went. Yeah. Yeah. That's really true. And yeah. we, it, like, we just assuming that we'd have family and it's kind of saying something about the mm. uh i take it for granted that i just grew up in a stable family with two parents and i, I just thought this is just the way it is but most a lot of people don't have that as a backdrop and um you didn't and a lot of what you've done in life can be explained from the perspective of pushing away from that sense of family and even though me and john are triple hack said like we've basically just assumed that we'd always have family like being there for people like really really being there for people is something that we just assume that's just Mm -hmm. the way it is Mm -hmm. um yeah and so yeah part of my weird story is doing attachment through sort of pseudo seduction with older women as a child that was me doing attachment actually yeah you know that was me mm-hmm. um like even though it's sexual um well that's all i knew because social is the actual <laughs> fucking real relationship instinct right mm-hmm. and you know what i mean it's like that's actually like seeing where somebody's at without 
I mean, I'm idealizing, but for the, but, you know, essence of social is tending to somebody just with no self intention there to get something back. It's like a parent to a child, right. Or, mm -hmm. or, or, or whatever. And so being social ass, I had no, well, I didn't even know what the fuck that was. I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, and so to me, it just made sense, of course, totally unconsciously that, you know, connection attachment is, you know, self-involved, self-prezzy, self-involved, what stuff am I going to get from this and sexual, right? And that, that mishmash of self-prezz and sexual, which is, you know, really kind of dark in a certain way, you know what I mean? It's, it's because um, it just doesn't have that wholesome light and because I, uh, of social and I, and because of not having the familial setup, you know, of my, in my formative years, I kind of had no sense of that architecture of the family and, and what that, that would bring up to me. It's like, everybody's just wanting some yummy, sensual, good stuff for themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's it. That's it. Right. Let's just get yummy, gooey, uh, sexy, uh, you know, intriguing, interesting, um, mysterious, uh, goodies from each other. And that's the best we're going to do. And that's how, and so that's what I was looking for. Yeah. One thing I, I told him, or I, I landed on at least thinking about this whole thing is that, um, he talked about, you know, in, in the call about David, how his mom was basically treated him like an adult and, uh, how that sort of fed into his, I, um, the sense of not mattering and me and my childhood, my parents were highly involved in sort of controlling everything that we did so even though i felt that that was fucked up from my aid perspective it still sent a message of these motherfuckers really care um in their own way yeah uh, they're they're really yeah. invested yeah. they're really invested and so i was starting to think about you know david seducing second mothers and because there was a scenario where one of these women that he had seduced was fighting with his mother on whether she was going to adopt him. I was like, what? Mm -hmm. So, so it's created this, <laughs> <laughs> so it's created this thing where his mother had to care and show that she cared yeah. about him because they, she had a fight with some other woman over this son that he, you know, and so there's a way that he was maybe trying to get the attachment goodies through this way of seducing second mother is maybe unconsciously trying maybe even to make my mother jealous so yes, yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. So it, it it did work yeah yeah but i thought that was an interesting uh example yeah. of attachment from the perspective of the social blind nine and yeah and one thing uh there's a conversation with john over the last few days <clears throat> um well, basically, he told me that I'm crazy, and that's, that's, that's and that's exactly right. Understatement so. of the year. <laughs> and, and glad someone said it. Jeez. <laughs> so, um, but but I mean, it's interesting because I've been feeling. I mean, that's another thing, I guess, you know, in my progression that I've been feeling more and more just over the last couple of years, it's been coming to a head is just, wow, just, I mean, just all of that shit that I just said, all of that, 
that really dark kind of, um, I don't know, just underworld kind of way of trying to do attachment, um, that just is creates some real insanity. And also just basic stuff of not addressing just, you know, never, never having had a father and all of that stuff. And, and, um, and the, the abandonment of that and not ever even having those conversations really in a significant way with my mother and, <clears throat> and then being a, huh, I mean, you can imagine just, <laughs> that's a fucking <laughs> recipe for some fucking weird ass shit. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm fucking really crazy and I appreciate you guys sticking with me. <laughs> <laughs> we're also fucking weirdos here but you, yeah, you're no, a special sure. you're a special <laughs> special case <laughs> oh man i don't know i don't know why you guys stuck it out with a crazy person though what the fuck's wrong with you it makes all of us feel normal so we because <laughs> we love you david yeah we do yeah, we do Thanks. I do like this thing of like i like us all together of course but i do like this thing of the branching off because like David Alexander pod came out earlier today or something. So, or yesterday, whenever it was. Um, but I was listening to a little bit today and it was like, it was great. And it was like refreshing, you know? I was really happy how that one turned out. I was surprised. The one, the new one. Yeah. You, you both were like, oh, I don't know what it's going to, it's, I don't know if we have anything to say. And then it's like, it's great. And it's interesting and fascinating. And it's like, I mean, that's one of the attachment things. I think it's, too, that's it right there is like y'all not being able to see yourselves. Whereas to us, you're all very specific. And yeah. so, so I think that's one of the things that can like become a conflict is like, yeah, like I'll see Alexander's very specific and she'll experience herself as, as non-specific. And so then I like my, I get frustrated. I'm like, you're specific. Why aren't you being specific? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That that's part of the thing I was experiencing, like listening to the podcast. I expected it to be a lot worse than because you guys have you know framed it. That shit on way. shit on ourselves all for the yeah. last two weeks. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is gonna be. I mean, it was still kind of you know slow from the perspective of two nines talking, but it wasn't. It, 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 it wasn't slow from the. You guys were putting out good stuff. It, it was yeah. more like energetic. You know, I, I realized like there's like sharp corners when you have hexad types talking because it just feels like, oh, there's like an yep. engine rev that happens here. Um, and so with two yep. nines, it's kind of like, a, it's like a flowy kind of watery feeling <laughs> where you might end up just slowly falling asleep, not because it's boring, but just energetically, that's what it feels like. Um, but I was, you know, it was good. Like, you know, once no. you take out the meandering, uh, whatever, <laughs> uh, or the times that people, you know, David would stop and say, or Alexander would stop, but I don't know, you know, where that goes or where, what I'm saying or what I'm doing. But it's like, there was a fucking specific through line of conversation and thought. Like you guys were mm -hmm. going somewhere and it was clear that you were trying to figure something specific out. So I was listening to it thinking to myself, this is what frustrates me about attachment types. Yeah. is like, y'all are saying, oh, you know, the yes is ambiguous or the, but there's like, there's a specific thing going on. Right. And y'all don't see it. and. I, it's not just that hexatypes are over specific. It's like maybe we just have super clear vision. I don't know, but it's like it's there. It was there the whole time. And so when attachment types say that they're not sure that they're not clear, it's like, well, I can see your fucking location. What the fuck are you right. talking about? Exactly. No. Exactly. <laughs> mm. There were some really interesting points made, um, no. just about the degrees of yes and no, and it really helped me understand mm -hmm. some of my own frustration with attachment types because it's like saying, oh. 
because I think Alexander said something about the there's an individuated side of you that says yes to something, and but the attachment stuff says no. You know that helped me understand um, the attachment stuff. You know the, the different degrees of yes and no, where the yes is coming from, um, and maybe what's mm -hmm. going on with attachment types is like they're just going to say the thing that's going to get them the attachment um, kind of going along even though mm -hmm. this whole complicated thing mess is going on inside of them, um, they're just going to, you know, they're just going to pick a yes for now. Um, and so that helped me under understand what the fuck is so frustrating mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. I think we did actually uncover some other layers. I think it's an end. Uh, it's probably a, an endless conversation on one level. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. It seems like attachment can be like a premature yes. And rejection, like a premature no, in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's like I, I'm not quite sure where I stand from the point of view of, of frustration and what that means. But um, I thought that was a really fascinating contrast because, you know, I mean, dealing like with other eights, like I've been experienced this from Emic. I mean, I've experienced this from Emica toward me. But like, um, you know, like sometimes with rejection. I mean, my dad's a rejection type. It's like the the no just comes in so fast to a point where you don't always mm. the, the the rejection type it's like they they don't always see how they're wounding themselves in the mm. no mm. like they you know they might cut off a relationship cut off an experience cut off a thing and the cutoff is just so reflexive and natural that maybe they don't uh you know there's not a, yeah it's like so but then you see them or like you know my i get my both my parents are rejection types and so like mm. i can just see like how there's a there's a certain self-inflicted wound of saying no to things that it could be like comparably frustrating, 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 frustrating to the, as it, you know, detachments, yes, in a certain way. Do you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, from the perspective of attachment says types, uh, saying a premature yes. Well, and one thing I got away from it is that it's, it's like they know that their yes is complicated but they're not expressing the complicated yes. Right. And, and also it's not that um, rejection and frustration types, like their, their yeses and nos are complicated as well. And like, you can give a, a yes or no with caveats, like, you know, right. part, part of what is obnoxious about hexat types, I guess, is that they'll just tell you the reasons. Yes, but <laughs> yes, but I don't like this. I don't like like this, this, and this, and this, or, you know, whatever, or they'll say yes. And they'll just, change their mind the next day like they yep. don't it's not about like continuing this sort of i'm with you Ooh, yeah. thing. so it's like i'm just gonna fucking give you where i'm at currently um because it's not like a uh hexat types don't do the thing of saying yes and then saying no um next week or the next day it's just that they don't care about where you're at <laughs> yeah. as, as much uh -huh. mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah i wonder if there's a way to frame up frustration as like Yes, but it's all wrong or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. No, it's like, uh, I mean, uh, we were talking very briefly before we jumped on here, Alexander and I, like, you know, she was with a seven and then now a four. And there's this, uh, that I've said a yes, but it, I'm pissed at it. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's kind yeah. of hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, a yes with a bunch of mini no's. Yeah, you know, kind of interesting to me. Yeah, yeah to me, frustration, because I've got two fixes and I've got the one wing. It's you're addicted to being frustrated. 
And uh-huh. so if you're addicted, that's a yeah. kind of yes, you're going towards it, but you're but you're going to critique the fuck out of it and say everything that's wrong with it. That's mm. Brian does that. And you just that just explained a lot. <laughs> he's he's nine wing one and we're apartment searching and he, yeah. i'm constantly like he'll say things and i'm like so that's a no and he's like no it's fine and i'm like it doesn't sound like it's fine and he's like yeah. it's fine i never said no i'm like but <clears throat> you just listed yeah. 20 things that you didn't like yeah well like for the frustration point of view yeah there's like this that is what i want but there's these like features around it that are like driving me insane or like Mm-hmm. that make it not what i want or you know this kind of a thing it's like oh i um i'm trying to think of a neutral example like oh i want to like live in new york but uh it means having to live in this place which fucking sucks you know this kind of a kind of a deal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah from my perspective it feels like it, it takes a lot for me to get to yes uh, on anything mm-hmm. um, a lot most things are just like you know nothing and so i don't even really care about anything but um generally there's just i do have degrees of no and yes seems such a like such a rare experience but it's such a specific experience that everything that's not that feels like it's not worth it it's not even worth touching Mm. so but if i do experience an overt sense of disgust like it's so easy for me to to go straight to no because that's the baseline like if I experience some really overt negative aspect of something that I can just switch to fucking it's this, this should have never touched me to begin with right. that right. it's, you know, you know, I, I guess people are experiencing man, how easily that uh, a rejection type can cut something or someone off is that um that's what it feels like to me is that if I experience something so uh, negative and it's, and it's overt for me, it's like this, this thing should have never touched me or this person should have never touched me. Like we are, you know, like complete deadness. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it, it, it takes a lot for me to get to yes. And so that is such a rare experience. Uh, so maybe to some people it feels like, how are you this certain? It's like, yeah, everything feels so not it, you know? And so when it is it, it's like, oh man. Uh, but then you realize that something wasn't it. It's like, this should have never touched me to begin with. And so that's what it feels like. That, that phrase is really interesting yeah. and, and impactful to me. Never touched me because like attachment is, well, everything's already touching. <laughs> Everything is already touching. <laughs> no. So, yeah. So, and, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, just that, that degree of a wall and such a, a, a sharp slice um it's just a it just i mean i just feel that viscerally in me in my body from that that phrase this should have never touched me i mean it's it's wild like for example uh, you know as an eight i i say i say this over and over again because it's very true for me it takes a lot to get to me like it takes a lot Mm -hmm. for me to say yes to someone or something um so it's always significant and um and and so when some someone gets or something gets beyond the, the the boundary that I've put up between me and the rest of the world, and I discover that that was a mistake, like the amount of anger and uh, I don't I don't even know if I have a word to describe the kind of feeling that I have that I let something in that shouldn't have been in there, and so it's this sense that I've got to chop this thing off, like 
yesterday, last week, you know, like it's that sense of, um, you know, all the, the white blood cells have to kill this thing immediately because mm -hmm. it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have made it in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was like such a violation. I mean, so yeah, there's a sense of like, you know, what can I allow to touch me? And, and from the starting point of no. And so yes, is such an, uh, um, it's such a significant experience and just sort of protecting myself from that experience of, you know, letting the wrong things touch me. It's, it's a whole thing. Yeah. That, uh, like I was talking in the chat a little bit about like, um, when, when I was in college, all that kind of like mental health stuff I was going through and like sense of being invaded and birth defect obsession. And like, I know I'm not a rejection type, but, uh, you know, I've got a lot of it in me and just this sense of like, you know, the rejection and the, and the frustration go together as like trying to separate. Yeah. And so like, I had a very weird, like, you know, like you know, all of my germ stuff and stuff like that, but it's like, to me, it was all this thing about like, I have to like get my soul away from the world. Like I have to just mm -hmm. separate. It's like, and similar to what Emika speaking to is like, it was, it's like having to touch into like human life feels like such a violation of something. And that's where like the, the yes, but a bunch of no's or whatever comes in of frustration. Cause it's like, there are some things I do have to say yes to that to survive and to like, to not live a, half-life or something and you can feel that like one-ish uh like i want to be in a monastery and just like not interact with anything not out of five-ish i mean i guess there's like five-ish too but just the, like like the the badness i need like the the contaminationness. like i need to get the fuck away from but you know everything i say yes to is going to be full of all these contaminants basically how do you how does that hit you nancy like <laughs> this extreme hexat point of view <laughs> mm -hmm. i mean i'm kind of not letting it hit me to be honest <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm, uh, why what what happens for you that makes you want to not let it in well i'm just kind of in like my own space listening to you guys to be honest like I'm not like zoned out like I'm listening but it's just sort of like other things are coming up mm. like what it's mostly like about how much I dislike where my life is right now so it's just sort of like I'm just like experiencing a little bit of like jealousy and like anger at where I am right now and how there's not much I can do to change it and so it's just kind of making me like shut down a little bit listening mm. sorry <laughs> no it's all right that's no, okay I guess, why I, do you feel that way? Because it seems like you're moving in directions that you want to go, right? I, I am, and that's the problem. But it's like this period of where I can't, I'm not there yet. Okay. It's like, I feel like I'm doing everything I can. And it's just like, I'm currently like, just very much miserable so, with my day-to-day -day life. So. so is one way to say it that John and Emika are, are articulating an aspect of yourself where you want to you would rather be cut off from the current situation you would rather not have to be infected by it does that make sense uh yeah it does that's that's pretty similar to it it just it's you know i would just rather not have all of this attachment stuff mm. riding on me like, I would rather just know what I want and go for it right away and just 
I'm not able to do that. Well, I think one thing that listening to all this or listening to the last, the one that just came out, at least kind of landing on the different ways that we're not better off. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You know, like there's a lot of stuff that, you know, I'm realizing that, yeah, yeah, the hexatypes are more specific, but it's like specific from the point of view of cutting themselves off from a large portion of reality. Mm-hmm. You know, the mm-hmm. premature no is a big thing. Like, and this is something I struggle with is that I do know, like, for example, this is just a dumb example, but um, <laughs> because I, I, I'm the one who looks over whoever requests to join the, the Facebook group. And because we've had a couple crazy people who want to keep sending alt into the group, now I have to create this rule that says if you are using an alt, then I'm not going to let you in. But guess what? There are lots of people who aren't crazy who use alts. Like they just created a Facebook profile just to, you know, interact mm-hmm. in these groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is my rejection point of view is like, I'm going to shut out the fucking probably 80% of the alt profiles that come through that are probably just normal people. Yeah. Keep out <laughs> this fucking idiot. You know, so this is part of an example of what rejection types are doing is like, I'm saying that I don't like this. I don't want this. And so when I see that in somebody, I'm cutting them off. I keep doing that. And which means that I'm probably saying no to a lot of things that I, I could say yes to and it'd be, and it'd be okay. Um, and so there's a lot of existence that I'm cutting myself off from. So, I mean, this is something we're going to have to get into because I can yeah. see attachment types, like listening to me and John or, who, or you know, any other hex that type and thinking, Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Um, you know, <laughs> it's right, right, right. not that so, great. <laughs> so let me, uh, the, so there's an important thing to, <clears throat> to me in all of this is it can sound like what we're saying you know, sort of the collective of what's coming into um, some of these conversations is it can sound somewhat like the hexad types in some way are doing essence because they're doing the thing that's somewhere down deeper, at least than this sort of surface attachment stuff. And it's important to understand or say that the hexad types are in the shit and the muck of personality just as much as attachment types are. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. that's 100% like, uh, like I have a really hard time just listening to this and like being present with it because I'm like, it just sounds like you guys are just like living, living the way that I wish I could live. And it's just like, just fuck right off no yeah it's that's i think john has said you know there's attachment to frustration and attachment to rejection it's also a very limited lens okay so attachment types are attached to the attachment and i'm attached to the rejection so it seems that i'm more individuated but i'm also missing out on a lot yeah there's right. a lot that i'm saying no to that because i want to keep out this fucking idiot I'm saying no to a bunch of people who aren't fucking idiots just because I've created this rule that if I see this, that I'm chopping it off. And I'm doing that in multiple areas of my life where I say, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping out the virus, but I'm also keeping out some good cells too. Exactly. Yeah, you know? Exactly. So it's like this overactive white blood cell system <clears throat> that wants to cleanse, but ends up killing good cells. 
And also you need some of the infection to be immune from it. There you go. <laughs> so I, I definitely don't want people to end up listening to us thinking, oh, hexads are better. It's like, this is helping me understand hexad. You know, understanding attachment is helping me understand how fucked up hexad is. Yeah, it's definitely helped me understand. Like, I, I feel... I feel like I have a little bit of frustration somewhere in me, like maybe it's my four wing or whatever, but like, I relate a lot to it. It's just not what's at the forefront. And so it's like even more frustrating to listen to it because I can feel it in me and it's like never going to come out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, just listening to the last conversation with Alexander and, and David, you know, just what attachment types are able to do in terms of channeling and being able to the internal and external channels there's a, a clear sight there. And, you know, there's going to be different ways that hexad versus attachment types have to get out of their own way because they're both, they're both limited it, just in very different ways. It's like, okay, the hexad types can't fucking see anything outside of their little uh, slice of reality that they've fixated on. And then the attachment types are seeing both in and out at, you know, and mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're getting caught between it we have to work on different things yeah but, but we're both fucked up <laughs> right but i you know yeah. i've been hearing people just say stuff about the last few episodes attachment type saying oh, i don't relate to what nancy's saying uh and i'm just reminded of you know david's experience of you know, just waking up to his own attachment yeah um, it can be so hidden yeah and secretive and it takes on so many different forms because it is so connective. You know what I mean? It is, it, it's got a million, it's probably got more flavors or colors to it, if that makes sense. Whereas the hexad types are sort of more just one color. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's almost like they're <laughs> right. the primary colors and we have all the, all the hues. So they're like, well, yeah. this is green. And we're like, yeah, we've got 20 greens, buddy. I'm going to need you to be more specific. Yeah. 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 I think we hit on some stuff today. And also Courtney wants to come on like soon. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be dope. Uh, I'm talking to Courtney maybe Thursday. Um, and so, yeah, she'd be great to have on either this coming weekend or the following weekend, uh, depending on how things go with this. Okay. You know, whenever she was ready to come on, I'd, I'd love to hear what she, what she's getting because you know that, that attachment type magic just be able to articulate things like everybody mm -hmm. gets it yeah <laughs> yeah really for real she's got a talent <laughs> for real john where, where how are you doing with your book yeah my mom keeps asking about your book by the way she's dying to read it um i'm i like i think it's all fucking edited ready to go i'm having a conversation with uh amara who's been helping me do all like the nitty-gritty of publishing and mm -hmm. printing and I feel like um, when it's ready and I can upload it, it should go real quick. Okay. So I'm, I think that there might be like a few little, little dumb kinks to work out over the weekend. And then I'm, I'm thinking maybe next week Ooh. Uh, it'll be ready. So I, that might be a little optimistic, but I've, I'm kind of, I'm also going to just like fucking push it too. Like I might just, I might just push it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I need it out and I'm so sick of it and it's got what it really needs now. So right. cool. Perfect. Good news. Cool. And then we could start well, working on our book. Yeah. For real. No, this is gonna be uh -huh. a book. This, this is, is huge. gonna be a book. This is like so like nobody in psychology is talking about this or has the language for it. Oh man. So fucking big. Like even <laughs> object relations is uh 
you know, because the object relations calls with Courtney were so huge because there wasn't, there wasn't really anything that you could find online that really went into object relations with that much depth. So like doing hexad versus attachment, that's like a whole, that's a whole nother new territory that no one's covering. Right. And I'll, I've, I've got two object relations books. One is like a classic uh, gun trip. Gun trip is one of the researchers that I want to read like before we write something. And then I've got another one called uh, object relations therapy using the relationship. That's like supposed to be also one of the few books that articulates object relations. Well, beyond just the scope of any, you know, Enneagram and stuff. And it'd be good to have that kind of um, foundation or something from which to like, that might yield different kinds of insights as well. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm getting prepared. Did she, Courtney, did she, uh, where, where, what was her background that she was able to pull those insights or was just, just, just her intuition from you you guys talking? Uh, she did a whole lot of research in childhood and infant psychology before she had her kids. Oh, okay. And so she went into the, like a lot of, yeah, just she'd really given that a lot of time I study. And I, there were some other things I just don't remember. Hmm. Um, she, uh, let's see. Yeah, she, she says, uh, she said in terms of just object relations, hexad and attachment, she said she's got some stuff for relationships that she thinks would be interesting. Hmm. So we'll, we're going to have a, we'll see how it goes in a flesh out conversation. Um, but yeah, anyway, I got to get going because uh, of this meeting. I, I'll talk to you all later. All right. Okay. Later, guys. Bye. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Was something changed?